James's Saturday Show. Fantastic classics, artist interviews, and brand new music. James's Saturday Show on IndieLive.radio. Hello there, Paul. <laughs> this meeting is being recorded. <laughs> Good morning, James. How you doing? <laughs> fine, I'm fine. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, doing good, yeah. Um, been a busy bunny, as you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, let, let's kick off then with that. Um, obviously, you've been doing a wee bit of collaboration um, yeah, yeah. with the <laughs> Rhesus Freak and, of course, our friend Joe, or Joe yeah. ID. Um, so is this a departure for you? Are you going to be doing more producing rather than sort of making your own music? It's definitely, uh, it's an expansion, should we say. Um, it's definitely something that I want to investigate more of, yeah. Um, what I found is that with, with a band called Paul, with everything I've done with a band called Paul to date, um, it's been very much me operating in isolation, kind of in a cocoon. I've done everything. I've written all the tracks. I've played all the instruments on it. I've mixed it, mm -hmm. uh, mastered it, released it, done the artwork, made the videos, edited the videos, everything, absolutely <laughs> everything. And it was um, when Joel contacted me, that kind of, it introduced me through the process of working with what was essentially his core idea that I then developed and, and we tennised back and forth quite a bit over the, over the track breaking through. Um, it kind of opened my thinking more to, well, it was actually, it was, it was the liberation. It was quite liberating to work with somebody else's mm. core idea. Um, a very different, but equally fulfilling creative process where it's almost like, you know, it, it, dare I say, you're not carrying the full burden of responsibility for absolutely every creative yeah. aspect of it you're being sparked by somebody else's imagination and adding to it, enhancing it, bringing something out of it that they may not have heard or seen. And then they react to what you've done and react in turn. And it's just, it's very different, but as I say, equally fulfilling creative process. Yeah. And it was during those months then when I was working with Joel on Breaking Through that I first heard Emma's track, Emma Reese's Freak, um, Cabin in the Woods. And as I heard it, I mean, what instantly struck me was the quality of the songwriting. I thought the song itself was fantastic. Um, but as I was listening to it, it, it might be a bit strong to say missed opportunity, but I heard it being played slightly differently in my head. I just heard it rolling out differently, different, a different texture or mood to it being brought, enhanced out of it. Um, so I contacted Emma. And I said, uh, would you trust me <laughs> to basically take your master tapes, rip it apart and rebuild it as I'm hearing it in my head? And, and she was great. She said, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. And sent me the raw vocal takes and guitar takes. It was a, basically a singer-songwriter track at that stage, just guitar and vocals. Um, and, and I had a blast. It was great fun. It was really, really enjoyable working, as I say, with somebody else's core idea and just bringing out of it what I heard in this, creating an atmosphere or a mood around those takes to give it that ebb and flow, the swell. And there is, as, as I noted when you, you actually, you played the track last week and I noted mm. you were saying about the, the kind of horror element to it. She did admit, or she admits openly that the track is influenced by Sam Raimi, uh, specifically The Evil Dead, that kind of series. Yeah. Um, 
but there is also, I think, an inherent sweetness to it. And it's that kind of, there's a, a kind of a tension, a musical tension that I wanted to bring out a bit more than was in the original recording between that sweetness and purity, but very dark lyrics, yeah. you know, almost eerie, spooky, you know. And it reminded me, there's a bit of a nod in it to those kind of, you know, the eerie nursery rhymes that you hear in some kind of horror movies, that kind yeah. of... Uh, edginess to it that it's you know it's not all saccharine and sweetness it's it's darkness and like combined in equal proportions you know yeah i mean um, it, when i first listened to it um not just because of the title but because of how the song was going that's what i thought about the film cabin in the woods because it kind of yeah, has which, which i haven't has seen that, actually but oh, yeah. <laughs> right well it has that kind of um Typical of that type of genre of movie whereby you've got these sort of innocent people, you know, <laughs> being confronted by this evil. Don't go back into the house. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and well, as I said, the, the initial title didn't really make me think of that. But when I started to listen to the track, I started to think about that film. That's why on the show I'd said, you know, I wonder if it's, you know, in some way inspired by the film of the same name. Um, yeah, but and it, I, can't, I, can't, I can't honestly answer on Emma's behalf. I don't, I don't know if that specific movie was a core influence, but I know she has name-checked Sam Raimi um, mm. as, being, as being an influence. There was definitely, the horror genre was at play there. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Yeah. And I must admit, it's, it's, it was really noticeable your input <laughs> on it as well. Um, now, I don't that's know a good thing, that, of course, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Now, I don't know if that's because I've become, you know, really used to, you know, what you do, um, because obviously I've listened to lots of your your music. Um, so I don't know if maybe somebody who wasn't as okay, if you like, with the Avant or might not have picked up on that, but it was something that struck me straight away. Well, I think what's a very interesting exercise is that Emma's chosen to leave the original version on Spotify too. So those who are interested can actually go and compare the two versions, what I heard originally, and then what I did to the track. And that might be an interesting exercise for, for people to kind of compare and contrast, you know. Um, well, now, in fairness, I know the person that did the mixing on the original version uh, for her at the time only had a combined vocal guitar take to work with. So he was kind of hamstrung a little bit just in, in what was available to him to work with. Uh, whereas when Emma agreed to, to let me pull it apart and put it back together again, I insisted from the get-go that she re-record so that I had vocals mm -hmm. and guitar separately because I knew from the get-go that the guitar wouldn't feature. It would be there, but it yeah. wasn't going to be the... I, I wanted to take it away from the singer-songwriter genre uh, which when you just have constant strumming guitar during it, it's inescapable almost. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to remove it from that and put it in a more kind of orchestral atmospheric kind of mm -hmm. texture. So insisted, sorry, yeah. but you must re-record this if we're to continue. That's, that's mm -hmm. just, that's, <laughs> that's the premise upon which we continue this project. And again, she was brilliant. She took a weekend off, re-recorded the vocals, sent me something like six vocal takes and two guitar takes and I, I don't know if one would notice, but what I did was I, I created a project, threw all the files in, muted the guitar straight away, leaving up the six vocal takes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And all six vocal takes are in the final version. It's, it's completely layered to give that 
Um, I don't know why this name check has popped into my head, but to give it an almost kind of clonids Enya um, layering of female vocals that I just yeah. thought it makes it even more spooky. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it just gives me those kind of shivers when I hear that. It's almost like... <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, when I, again, you know, when I, I went on to Spotify to get it, I actually took the first one because I didn't realise that you hadn't done, so I just listened to the very first one, and I thought, mm, not really done much to that, you know, by the sound of things, you know. And then I noticed a little bit further down the page, I noticed there was another version, and I had you next to it, yeah. and I thought, right, okay, so I need to listen to this one as well. Um, but it was quite marked, the the difference um, from the original, if you like, just as you say, the voice and the guitar. And then, uh, yeah. you know, what you did. Um, and not that the, the original wasn't good, because I did enjoy listening well, to the original. Well, that's what I say. I don't mean to disparage mm-hmm. the original in any yeah. way. As I say, I know that the mix engineer on it, his hands were tied in what he mm-hmm. could work with. Um, and you, you simply can't undo tracks that are, are bounced together. Yeah, um, yeah. You can't unbounce them, you know, whereas I did have that flexibility and I used it. <laughs> no, c- c- quite rightly as well, because, I mean, at the end of the day, when you're producing something, um, you know, it's a bit like being a director of a movie or a theatre play, yeah. you know, that you kind of like have to have more or less the final say. It's okay yeah. for the other people involved to throw in ideas, but ultimately the vision is your vision of how it's going to turn out. <laughs> It kind of is, and again, with 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 um, total respect to Emma, she was great about that. She totally trusted me, left me to my own devices, and didn't interfere, uh, and didn't hear anything until it was finished. Um, I didn't play her anything until I was absolutely happy with it. There was no kind of here's the direction. I think I'm thinking of going in. Is this okay? Mm. It was like I'll be back to you in a few weeks, and, <laughs> and okay, here it is. You know. <laughs> Um, and thankfully, she was pleasantly surprised <laughs> by what I yeah. did. You know? No, that, that was good. Um, so, how or was it different the collaboration um, on that one from the collaboration that you did with Joel ID? Yes, um, fundamentally, yeah. In that, when Joel and myself collaborated, it was probably a more strict definition of collaboration. It was 50-50. He sent me, as I say, he sent me something like five snippets of just sketches that he had, um, that he had worked up. And from those five, I picked one. And I said, that's the one I think has has the the best legs to work on together. Uh, Or at least it's it's kind of, it's closest to the genre that I hear a collaboration of rap and indie rock being, Mm. you know. Um, And... From that point then, again, I asked him to send me the multis rather than the bounce. So I had all the component elements to work with. And I pulled it apart, um, put some of the tracks through filters, added new tracks, added new instruments like the piano and stuff like that. Sent back to him the direction I thought it was going in. And hence that started just the relay of tennis back and forth. He died a bit to what he'd done. Uh, or what I'd done, I'd add a bit to what he'd done. And bit by bit, we built it up like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the final stage of the process, I hope he forgives me for saying this, but the final stage of the process, his computer died. 
So it was kind of left to me to kind of finish it, which was fine by me because at the end of the day, I am a control freak. I can't. <laughs> I, I, I have to admit it. You know? um, so it kind of suited me fine that he was okay to leave me with yeah. kind of finalizing it and, and uh, to give it the, the, the kind of final polish sheen and the final sound. And, and that's how it ended up. But it was a collaborative creative process. Um, he wrote the words for the verse, I wrote the words for the chorus, I sang the chorus, he sang the verse, and it was combined together. Mm -hmm. The process with Reese's Freak Track was quite different in that the song existed. And what I was doing was kind of reimagining the song being played in a certain style. Mm -hmm. um, so it was more a question of 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 removing everything and rebuilding a texture that I heard in my head yeah. that the original songwriter hadn't heard, mm -hmm. you know, and bring something out of it that I thought was, was, as I say, possibly a missed opportunity with the first mix, but I thought there was something more to be pulled out of it mm -hmm. um, to give it what I heard. I, I, I was almost going to say to give it a better something, but it's not better. It's different. Yeah. Um, as you say, the original is, is equally valid. It's quite different. Um, but I couldn't resist temptation in, mm -hmm. in bringing to us what I heard. Like yeah. I wanted other people to hear what I heard. Yeah. When I listened no, I, to it. I completely you know? understand that. Um, would you think, um, had you worked face to face, as it were, on both of those, the process would have been different or quicker um, as opposed to, you know, sort of doing it at a distance kind of thing? Oh, hard to know, James. Um, it was probably guided naturally and organically by the very fact that I've been operating in a cocoon. Mm -hmm. I like to work on my own creatively that's not to say I don't like input or don't appreciate input from other people, mm. but I will take on board input, filter it, and then please leave me alone yeah. <laughs> to my own devices <laughs> to actually make it real. So I'm not sure if actually being in the same room face to face, I've, I've a feeling we may end up staring into middle distance for hours mm. on end rather than actually getting anything done you know yeah um or it's like you know each shoving each other off the computer chair now let me in i have an idea you know yeah. um i i actually don't know um just because i'm so comfortable with that kind of more isolated process of producing that it just seems like a natural methodology for me certainly mm -hmm. um and well, with Joel, there was, there was little choice. It was a pandemic and we were operating yeah. there, what, 3,000 3, miles more, 5,000 miles. <laughs> um, so, and a time zone difference. So there was, uh, there was little or no choice. Whereas mm. Emma, I know, is based in Dublin. Had, yeah. had we chosen to, we could have worked on this together. Mm. But equally, that kind of wasn't where I was coming from. And yeah. the nature of the fact that the song was already written. Is it? I kind of I I almost in approaching her, I didn't invite collaboration on the remix. Yeah. It was more like just give me your stuff and mm -hmm. I'll do what I do with it. Mm. That's not to rule out possible. We are kind of toying with the idea of future collaborations again, mm. working with her on other tracks. So it's not to rule out the idea of actually forming something more in the more in the manner that Joel and myself collaborated, where it was 50-50 input yeah. and it's create it's it is created through a collaborative process. 
Yeah. Um, that may well come to pass. I don't know. Yeah. And now that, you know, restrictions are being lifted and we can actually be in the same room, more or less, uh, fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> as time goes on, you know, that, that may well come to pass. I don't know. Emma was talking that the, the, we did a Zoom video launch. Um, she's great on the PR front. And uh, there was this Zoom video launch that she organized. And she was talking about how we made the video, uh, which I also shot and edited for her. And she pointed out that basically the first thing I said to her was go get a green screen and we'll, we'll shoot it kind of green screen and put forestry behind you. Mm-hmm. And we had to do it socially distanced where, you know, I had to stand two meters apart at all times in a room with adequate ventilation while she was in front of a green screen performing the track. It was very strange. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God those days are nearly over. <laughs> yeah. Because um, the reason I mentioned it is I was thinking back to, um, you know, when I had been in the studio recording stuff with um, the Cayley Band, uh, it, it, sometimes it took, in my opinion, it took longer to finish something because, as you say, everybody was coming in and, you know, stopping it like every five minutes and all that kind of stuff. And I just kind of yeah, felt that yeah. if it was sort of being done backwards and forwards, you know, via computer, it might actually make it, in a strange way, quicker. Yes, and as I say, I, I've had those experiences too where, you know, either the, the progress level or the progress rate is so slow or you do end up staring into middle distance for three mm-hmm. hours going, okay, who goes first? Who's got the best idea here? It's kind of sometimes democracy in that kind of context doesn't actually work yeah. because nothing gets done. Um, so as I say, it was, on this, it was very much a question of just taking the material and saying, okay, don't call me, I'll be, I'll be in touch, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, which suits me fine. But equally, I've been in situations where tracks that I have done where, you know, this, this would be, you know, pre-pandemic many moons ago, where tracks that I was working on, that somebody else would come on board and just bring something else to it that I would never have considered. And it, it gives an entire new life to it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in a live context, and I'm looking forward to that, is when I finally, finally, post-pandemic, get the band together and we actually start playing, is to get these musicians in who will interpret and add their own layer of talent to yeah. material that I've created, stuff that I would just never have thought of going in that direction. Mm-hmm. I love when that happens. Yeah. But I find in order for that to happen, where I'm coming from, is the foundation has to be there for them mm-hmm. to add their layer to. Um, the whole idea of having a completely blank canvas, empty page. Um, I know graphic designers often say, yes, Halloween time, the scariest thing in the world is a blank page, you know? Because mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it always helps to have something to work with, just something mm. to bounce off, an idea yeah. to, that sparks something else that sparks, mm. in, in turn sparks other ideas, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so what... With the whole pandemic thing and things easing off, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? It's kind of you know, <laughs> one step forward, two steps back at the moment. Everyone's a bit edgy. Yeah. Can we open? Well, Can't we? You know? Well, we last week, um, the First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, announced last week that Glasgow, which had been kept in level three longer than the rest of the country, um, was able to go to level two. But then almost yeah. immediately in the news, they were reporting this huge rise in the numbers yeah. of cases. Um, and I was just wondering, you know, 
if it was a similar kind of situation for yourselves over there in Ireland, or maybe you guys might have a tighter grip on it? Um, I, I did read that, what, what Sturgeon had said and what had happened. All right, I was aware of it going on. The difference I found between how our government is approaching it and how the UK, especially England, is approaching it is we're being a lot more cautious. Uh, we're very slow to reopen. Um, we were in complete lockdown from January until April. Um, which had a lovely situation where I was at home with my two teenage boys 24-7 four months <laughs> then they went back to school for like six weeks and now they're off on summer holidays for three months again um, but in the cautious approach here um, we have in fairness regardless of what anyone may think of, of the government in certain respects we have achieved a situation where the hospital numbers are low the ICU numbers are falling day by day and case numbers are holding steady, even though we are dealing with the Delta variant, the UK variant, um, the vaccination process started very slowly but is picking up a pace. Um, I've had one shot of the Pfizer, uh, I'm due to have my second shot. Uh, my mum's completely vaccinated. It's now, I think, down to those 40 to 44 are registering for their vaccinations. So the case numbers, when they do kind of spike or peak a little bit day by day, mm. it's safe to say that it's actually kind of the younger generation who are just yeah. letting their hair down, which you can't blame mm. them for. I no. mean, you know, <laughs> I just heard myself say, it's the younger generation. <laughs> <laughs> did I actually say that? Yes, I did. Um, so it's uh, it's the late teens, it's the twenties, it's the thirties. Which, in fairness, you know, data has shown statistically, if they spread it amongst themselves, they may feel bad. To them, it is that what you hear every so often in the um, on the Facebook post about it just being the flu. Well, for that cohort, it kind of is, and that's yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. So case numbers are becoming kind of increasingly irrelevant and focuses on hospitalizations and ICUs. And yeah. Touchwood, they are holding firm, going down, which yeah. is good. See, in a sense, uh, for Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, they've been a wee bit hamstrung um, yeah. because of the whole UK thing. And they keep talking about this formation approach, but then they go ahead and they do their own bloody thing. And yep. they have consistently refused to close the airports. Um, was it last week or the week before I read something in terms of when the Indian variant um, was first picked up within the UK as a whole, um, it was something like 25 flights had come in to London from India right from the get-go when they knew that this was going to happen. But yeah. the whole thing was left open. So in a sense, Ireland is obviously, you know, better equipped in that respect that, you know, the Irish government, if they want to, they can just say, right, let's just shut this down completely. You'd think, James. Now, actually, we're not. And All that right. has been our issue. That's been our issue since the pandemic kicked off, is that there is... It's a political impossibility here to have an all-island solution. We mm -hmm. can't do what New Zealand did. We can't do what Australia did and simply close the borders because we have a land border with the UK. Of course, yeah. 
Yeah. Forget so, about that. Uh, and this happening all the way through Brexit and everything. Mm-hmm. It was it was a, it was a nice and fiery little political climate there for a year, um, and continues to be. But it's simply. I mean, literally, I can drive to Belfast. It's two hours up the road. It's a different country. It's got a mm-hmm. completely different policy and approach, more UK-based than Ireland-based yeah. to the health system. Mm-hmm. We tried to have a situation here. I know the health ministers north and south tried to, uh, to implement the closest that they could get to an all-island solution. But as you say, in terms of the devolved uh, governments in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, what you've got is a situation where effectively... Westminster is just doggedly saying this is how it's going to be for England and you guys have no choice yeah. but to kind of toe the line because again mm-hmm. you have land borders you have open borders yeah. with England so mm-hmm. you know it, it's literally it's trying to hold back the, the waves with your hands to stop yeah. any kind of cross-border travel between yeah. between the communities I mean, we did we did I don't suppose you could call it close the border between Scotland and England but they, they certainly did kind of make it a wee bit more difficult to have that kind of freedom of movement, um, yeah. which yeah. for some people here was frustrating. Um, but I, I could understand where they were coming from just as much as I can understand um, being much more cautious here in Scotland than they are in England. And at the same time, I completely get what business owners, especially people in the hospitality industry, are screaming and shouting, you know, about, oh, we need to get opened up, we need to get opened up. I completely get that. But at the same time, I just think to myself, okay, from a business standpoint, I see that. But what would you rather have, cash in your hand or possibly a lot of deaths because you opened up, you know, and people caught? you know, this terrible thing. I mean, I'm completely vaccinated um, now. Um, I'm quite fortunate. I'm in, within an age group that was done sort of relatively quickly, um, you know. And I actually almost spot on predicted when I would get both jabs. <laughs> but I, I was speaking to somebody and they were talking about getting vaccinated and they said, have you been vaccinated yet? And I went, no. I says, however... I reckon I'll get it probably maybe the second or third week in February. And it was right on the end of the second week of February that I got the first one. And then, of course, it's like 12 weeks there or thereabouts. And I more or less correctly predicted exactly when I was going to get the second one as well. You got the AstraZeneca then, was it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Which you I know, believe takes it out of you a little bit. Uh, anyone I know well, that has got that one has, has kind of said, whoa. <laughs> well, do, do you know what? I was neither up nor down. Yeah. Um, now, my understanding, um, and I've had medical people, you know, when I've been for the vaccine and stuff like that, and even my own GP said this, that generally speaking, somebody who suffers when they get the flu jab suffer when they get the COVID jab. Now, right. I never, ever get any reaction to the flu jab at all. And I know people who get the flu jab who do suffer from it, and they've suffered when they've had the COVID job. So touch wood, I count myself as being lucky, you know. And have got the healthiest immune system. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, which which when you consider the kind of lifestyle that I led many years ago, you know, being in bands and that sort of partying and all that kind of stuff. I I hear you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a miracle that I'm still around today. (laughs) (laughs) Probably so well pickled. (laughs) Internally, you know. Yeah. 
but let's get away from the whole COVID thing. Uh, there's, there's more than enough he's talked about that. Um, when I was speaking to Joel, um, I did I had mentioned to him, you know, that uh, I had a friend, sadly no longer with us, died far too young, um, who was a hip hop artist um, mm-hmm. here in in Scotland and really really good, and. Uh, it was actually him that really turned me on to the whole hip-hop thing because when I was doing my sound production degree, I needed to write about a genre of music that I knew nothing about. And scratching my brain, and I came up with that, and I thought, oh, I'm going to have a word with a boom. So I got in touch with him, and he led me down the, the rabbit hole, basically. Um, yeah. That, you know, it became all-consuming at that point in time. It, Came out total discovery to, yeah. to, to learn all about it you know um and i don't i admit that i don't regularly listen to that kind of genre um but i know when i hear something from it when i like it you know what i mean um well, i'm i'm kind of uh, i can't escape it at the moment my mm, 15 year old son yeah. <laughs> all the music that's playing in the house yeah. basically is is of the genre you know it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just that thing at that age group so I, yeah. I can't escape it at the moment mm. which but, is great I mean, again it seeps yeah. in by osmosis it's, mm. it's all yeah. it's all an influence as well yeah and I mean that's why when I first heard breaking through you know it was just like you know I was I was on it straight away, you know, and I thought I need to Brilliant. find out. Brilliant. I need to find out more about this other fella, you know. <laughs> so John's fantastic. Start to find really out is. more about him, you know. And to be honest, that you know, when I, I suggested you know doing the Zoom chat with him, obviously because of the time difference, because I had done one of these before <laughs> with a guy in Canada, and I never thought about the time difference, and I was doing it at eleven o'clock for me. But it was like six or seven a.m. in the morning for him on a yeah, Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it's there's, just good, never... there's no good time that, that yeah. for both of you. <laughs> One of you at least has to suffer. <laughs> well, was it Joel stayed up until midnight and you, yeah, were, yeah. you were on it at eight o'clock in the morning or something like yeah, that? Yeah. But I mean, I'm old up early anyway. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, being up and being on are two different things. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not for me. I'm actually. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I need my, my vat of coffee, you know, before I can function. Well, do you know the thing is, see, the minute my eyes open, I'm awake and I'm ready to go and I get up, um, regardless of when that is. You know what I mean? What? Um, normally, I, I normally sort of wake anything between six and seven every morning um, but sometimes it's earlier than that and rather than just kind of like turn over and go back to sleep I get up because I can always find something to do you know yeah um and I always remember my mum got dressed up she used to say that it's a joy to get me up when I was a boy um in the morning you know go to school and stuff like that because my three sisters especially one of them it was a real fight to get them out of their <laughs> bed in the morning she said she thought I was psychic because the minute her hand touched my bedroom door. She said she knew that when the door opened, that I'd be up and I'd be starting to get myself sorted. <laughs> oh, ready, ready to go, face the day. <laughs> ready, to, ready to rock, as they say. And even, even when I was in the band and stuff, and I'd be getting in, you know, like stupid o'clock in the morning. At that time, we had the dog, and the dog always woke me or always went to me to go out first thing in the morning when I was there. Um, if I wasn't there, my ex-wife was allowed to sleep to me never. <laughs> you know, he just never bothered with her. Um, so I, 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 for many years, you know, I've got by 
on very little sleep. I mean, I, I can probably get a baby two hours a night. Oh God, no, no. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be like that at all. I find I, I'm at, at that stage where kind of you know half nine at night, ten o'clock is the new midnight. Mm. You know, I, I was a night owl for so many years. For decades, I was a night owl. That's yeah. when work was done. Then mm. the kids came along. My body clock has totally shifted. Then I'm the stereotypical. <laughs> Again, I'd be up at six forty-five every morning, if not beforehand. Mm. Ping, can't get back to sleep. That's it. I'm yeah. up. But it does, the one little kind of hangover I have from that early period is it does still take me a while to ramp up to being yeah. able to function. Um, uh-huh. I'm up, but I'm not on. That's the thing. <laughs> I, I find them very distinctly different. <laughs> right about now is probably my optimum, actually. <laughs> Because you know, I, I will later on as well. I'm no good after like six o'clock. It's just like God, I'm on football, you know, whatever. <laughs> I can't function anymore at that time. When giggle well, starts, I'm sure I'll get back into the routine of it. But I'm just so so kind of long out of it now at the moment. That, yeah. uh, well, it's what you're used to, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I've got a, I've got a few extra duties um, for indie live radio oh. with the Euros coming up. Um, we have a we have a sports show um, that goes out on a Friday night at six o'clock. Um, no, I've seen a few Mike, tweets with your name mentioned. Yeah, that, so. Mike, Michael and Michael and Matthew uh, normally present that, but uh, they're doing after each of the Scotland games, they're doing a special um, where we'll kind of look at the game and hopefully it will be positive, you know, and we'll we'll pick the positives out of it or you know whatever the case may be. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm quite looking forward to that. Um, That's it, brilliant. We, it, it's it's great that you're in it. <laughs> you know, yeah. we naturally did not make it, but <laughs> fantastic. My son's soccer team actually had a brilliant one at the weekend. The the coaches have organised a kind of a draw, a kind of a tournament based amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. They each allocated a team. And uh, my kid, anyway, got into the car after training, after this had been organised, and he said, um, so um, I, I, got, I got drawn with North Macedonia. Um, I've no idea what the prize is. And I was saying, ah, oh, son, you won't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Having drawn North Macedonia, I don't think the prize is going to be relevant here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I'll definitely be following Scotland. Yeah. Uh, well, big, big Kieran Tierney fan. Big Kieran Tierney uh, fan. Yeah. Well, do you know, the, the strange thing is that when you think about it, for all those 25 years where Scotland wasn't getting to the tournaments, Ireland was. Yeah. yeah. You know? And now the, the like coin is kind of flipped. Yeah, it's, you know, the coin is kind of flipped. It's really generational, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you guys, I mean, Shay Adams scored the other night. Who'd have thought? Mm. Well, that's who'd have thought. That's unfair, Shay Adams. But that's fantastic, you know? You kind of, you, you've got the beginnings of kind of a golden era bubbling here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the, your your wings, your your wing backs are you know <laughs> the envy. Well, the, 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 the funny thing is that when obviously uh, Kieran Tierney um, and Andrew Robertson initially Tierney was still at Celtic, so he was playing his left back nominally. Um, yeah. But it was always considered that you know what we can't really have both of them in the same team. They're just not going to play well together. And now you've you proved know? you can. And yeah. and it's been proved you can because essentially what he's done is he's moved Tierney in one to play at left centre back. But in actual yeah. fact, he's still really playing as a wing back. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, the game the other well, night. Well, he can't uh, help himself but bomb yeah, forward. You know, he's yeah. like, <laughs> get I mean, out of my way. <laughs> You've seen that in the, in the two sort of warm up friendlies there. You know, he was just like, a horse and up the park, you know, um, but it's just the way that he is. Um, and 
I don't know. You know, I, I would love to see him back playing at Celtic um, because he was a terrific player. I know there was a lot of hoo-ha when, it, when he moved on, but do you know what? Players move, you know? I mean, that's just yeah. how it works, you know? It's the nature yeah. of the beast. Um, well, I think every person in every occupation needs a fresh challenge every so mm-hmm. often, you know, and, and if sometimes, you know, finding that kind of comfort zone, excelling and being the, you know, being the standout player can yeah. ultimately become boring, I think, and you need yeah. a fresh challenge, you need to move mm-hmm. on and you need to become kind of the, the smaller fish in a bigger pond, Yeah, you know, yeah. which moving to the Premier League, I think for Tierney, you know, arguably with uh, with where you moved, um is is good progress, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, shame about the injuries is the only thing. He's, um, yeah. you know, Arm it's a it's a bit of an Achilles if you excuse the pun. But, yeah, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. So, <clears throat> in terms of moving on, now, <laughs> what's going to happen with a band called Paul? Um, obviously, I'm sure you're probably going to be doing a lot more collaboration and producing with other people as you come across each other. Um, but from the point of view of a band called Paul, what's next? Well, for for me personally, I am working on material at the moment and I'm aiming to have a summer single out. Uh, well, when I say summer single, a single out during the summer, it's not going to be like uh, Cliff Richards on holiday or anything like that. It's not, it's not summer themed uh, single. Um, so I'm looking at having one out midsummer um, and continue to work away. I've got sketches, an album worth of sketches. Uh, but just circumstances have proved a bit tricky to get anything completed. As I was saying earlier, I had four months yeah. with my two teenage sons are at home all the time. So, you know, <laughs> sticking the, re- the microphone into record mode when you've got a, a, someone on a PlayStation upstairs going, <laughs> is not the easiest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm looking to complete that over time without any kind of pressure on myself to do it by a certain point i yeah. think it was uh it was the uh, peter gabriel who was notoriously um slow <laughs> at producing stuff said at one point yeah the new album will be out it'll either be out before christmas or failing that after christmas um and and that's kind of how i have to approach my own stuff at the moment is you know i'm, I'm only putting vague timelines on on when i'll be able to release stuff because of the circumstances the pandemic i don't have a lot of material yeah. racked up and it was mm-hmm. just kind of um impossible to actually complete stuff just with circumstances here you know um but equally i i'm unapologetically kind of putting uh, the rhesus freak projects the cabin in the woods track out there as a bit of a calling card as well mm. to kind of say you know, I am very interested in producing other people's music as well, that if anyone likes kind of what I did with Emma's track with Cabin in the Woods, then, you know, I'm, I'm very much open to talking to other people about, about me doing, bringing that to their project, mm. where it, it may not be a, a strict collaboration, but more a kind of a producer or yeah. remix engineer kind of role. Mm-hmm. And to add into the mix as well, I know he, I know we chucked it out last week in his interview because uh, I was listening to it. Um, myself and Joel are working together on something else as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he mentioned that last week, um, but he wouldn't go into any detail. Uh, <laughs> nor, nor can I. <laughs> but you know, not, not beyond. Not beyond, there will be more stuff coming from myself and Joel, and it may actually be under a different name. Yeah, we may for not formalize, but we may tighten the, the mm. relationship a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I didn't really push anyway because I, I could 
I think because of my background as well, I can completely understand why you know and you know you it's on the down low, so to speak. Um, whereas probably a more journalist journalist doing the interview would probably try and push it, you know, to to say, you know, surely you can give us a wee bit more, you know. Um, I was quite happy. <laughs> well, we're actually in a situation where we're actually not trying to hide anything here. It's not like, oh, we know loads yeah. more than you do. We're just not saying. <laughs> it's actually, it's very early stages. So we're kind of just finding our feet with the relationship as well. What we found mm-hmm. basically was that we worked really well together. We really both really enjoyed the process of doing Breaking Through. And afterwards, we were kind of left, you know, we were still messaging one another once it was released. But with that kind of, um, I guess, inevitable anti-climax probably of, of kind of we were working so intensely over the last few months and now suddenly we're not it's out there yeah and we were kind of don't ho hum ho hum fancy doing something else yeah yeah i do actually yeah okay let's get going you know send me over a few more you know let's keep the momentum going on this. yeah um, yeah. And Joe's just such a great guy. He's so easygoing and he's so talented. My God, you know, he never ceases to amaze me. Every time I listen to something he's done, he's got, I go, you do that as well? Like, I didn't even know he was a singer until we'd been in touch for about three or four months. I thought he was yeah. just pure rapper. And um, then I heard one of his tracks we were singing on. It was like, Jesus, man. <laughs> you kept that one quiet, didn't you? <laughs> but then, as he said last week, um, he, he kind of had to learn to sing. Um, because yeah, you know, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it wasn't like natural to him. Um, well, I guess to an extent, James, we all do. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think I've got the best voice in the world. I don't think anyone would say I've got the best voice in the world. But it was actually, I think it was Kelly Kintner on um, on Twitter was pointing out recently that the trick with voice is to to get your tone. You know, whether that appeals to a lot of people mm-hmm. or not doesn't matter. But there is a tone that will be kind of the right tone for you in a recording environment or live environment. And that's kind of what you have to teach yourself by listening to yourself. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. there are there are very few of us blessed with angelic voices. There, yeah. The rest of us have to work on it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember I remember when I was at school um, and obviously you go to music and they, they had a, a choir. You know, a school choir, um, and I don't know. I th- I think I probably did uh, maybe one school uh, ceremony with them, and then my voice broke. And rather than the music teacher, rather than saying, "All right, you need to put you in," you know, but you're going to get a deeper, you know, use of your voice. It was like, "No, you're out," because right. he, want, he oh, wanted. He wasn't. His- he you, wanted, can you mime? <laughs> he wanted his choir to be more or less old school boy sopranos. Oh, and anybody yeah. whose voice broke got pitched straight out the door, you know. Yeah. We will have no tenors in this choir. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't, I mean, it didn't put me off. And I actually found that um, even though, relatively speaking, my voice had deepened, um, for quite a long time, I could still hit really high notes. You know, I can't do it now. Um, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I could for a while too, but no, no. <laughs> no honestly. Was, what was I singing along to the other day? And I used to be able to sing along to it, and I couldn't. I think it was Twist and Shout. Oh, uh, right, one of my yeah. kids was playing Twist and Shout, the Beatles version. Mm-hmm. Uh, which as well as another interesting thing on the voice, I was a huge Beatles fan as a kid. Absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. And very much the Lennon rather than McCartney. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was saying to my son during it, I was saying, oh, Lennon, he's got such a rock voice. Listen to that. And then the next track on that he played was actually Sgt. Pepper's. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to it going, 
Well, you know what? Actually, Paul McCartney has an amazing rock voice too, when you think about it. But the register that Paul McCartney is at, yeah. I used to be able to hit that. Mm. No more. Yeah. No, no, I get that. <laughs> I completely understand that. <laughs> time, time marches on for all of us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, talking about time marks now, let me just quickly check. Yeah, so probably we getting close to get the time. cut off any minute now. Yes. Uh, well, I don't think we'll get cut off at any minute, but I, I'm always wary just in case that happens because it then leaves me with a dilemma, um, you know, for the end of the... <laughs> and I won't even be able to finish my sentence. <laughs> but <laughs> what, one of the things that I just wanted to quickly run through with you, um, since the last time we spoke, um, I also do, uh, which I never thought I would uh, do, uh, I do a country music show on a Thursday night now. Um, I do this. And... Uh, <laughs> It, it was really strange um, how, it, how it came about. We were in one of our radio meetings and we were kicking around, you know, with ideas. And I said, maybe we should have a country show, not realising that then it was going to be pushed to me to, to do <laughs> <laughs> And while I've had a, a liking of country music... I was going to say, really you're going to have a hip-hop show next, aren't you? Because you're now really, the expert. <laughs> I really knew nothing about it, you know, in that sense. Um, but again... Fortunate, a really good friend of mine is right into his country music, you know. So I just went to him and he started giving me, you know, artists because I could think of guys like Jim Beats and, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. But yeah. he started putting me in the direction of a sort of more modern uh, country artist. Um, and it was really weird because we were still about, I don't know, maybe three weeks away from the show actually airing. And I was putting out little tester tweets under the Our Country Twitter page um, just to see what was going to happen. And uh, a band, Sugartown Slim from London, uh, contacted me and asked if they could be put on the show, you know? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, guys. You know, send me some stuff. And they sent it. And it was good. You know, I enjoyed it. So that was fine. So we put that out in the first show that went out. And I was already uh, in contact with uh, Malcolm McWatt, um, who's a Scottish uh, country singer who lives in London. Um, and so I had a lot of stuff that I had to use in the show as well. And then I think it was the week after the first show went out, I got another email from the guys at Sugartown Slim, and they had done um, a promo for me. Um, <laughs> it, was basically, it was basically one of their tracks, but it was them introducing it as being on, you know, the Your Country show. I never yeah, asked yeah. them to do it, you know, just like, oh, they did it, you know. It's fantastic, um, yeah. So I'm going to ask you, and <laughs> 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 it, it's entirely up to yourself, you don't have to do this if you don't want to, if you could maybe put a wee something together um, for us at Indie Live Radio that we could use as a, as a promo. Um, and it can, either be, it can either be, you know, talking about the Saturday show or whatever, or it can just be, you know, something about you enjoying listening to the radio. I'm assuming that you enjoy listening to the live radio. Can she do listen to me? So. Yep, yep. <laughs> Wouldn't do it if I didn't, James. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so that, yeah absolutely i'm on board with that yeah totally good man good man so listen well we shall leave it there it's been absolutely brilliant seeing you again and chatting to you yeah, good um, talking to you again yeah it just seems like so long since we did it was wasn't it yeah it was, it was way back was at the beginning Christmas? of the year no it was, it was, it was yeah january it was just right it? at the beginning of the year yeah oh my god a lifetime ago well, as I'm finding at the moment in, in an odd way, the days crawl and the weeks fly. 
you know <laughs> I, it's 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 been a very weird time but yeah, yeah. it does seem like an eternity ago yeah yeah well listen um keep doing what you're doing either as a band you too. Paul or with everybody else and uh, as long as you keep sending the stuff to me you know i'm gonna put it out on the airwaves brilliant i thank you right. you're welcome <laughs> listen thanks we'll talk much. further as well <laughs> absolutely as time goes on we shall continue to converse it's been thanks great speaking to you again paul thanks a lot you too Okay, so how do you get in touch with me here at the Saturday Show? Well, it's very, very simple. You can tweet me at JE Saturday Show or at Indie Live Radio. You can send me a message to our page on Facebook, Indie Live Radio. Why not join us on the Discord chat live during the show? Go to the website indielive.radio and sign up to the Discord chat channel. You can text the show 07849 162 250. That's 07849 162 250. You can email me at the show, and if you are a musical artist, singer, band, etc., you email james.saturdayshow at gmail.com with a sample of your music, and uh, we can arrange to have it played on air for you. We have our own Facebook page, and uh, any interviews, a new artist that I will be featuring, will be posted up on there also. James's Saturday Show. Fantastic classics, artist interviews, and brand new music. James's Saturday Show on IndieLive.radio.